I gotta stop drumming on the table because it just makes everything reverberate and I can see it <laughs> on here. It's like this huge section. I think it's another good reason why you should be the one looking at what's recording. Because I'm the one who makes these sounds. Well, you can like see it when it happens. But you'd be like, oh man. Like, it's okay. Gordon just personally attacks me. But that's good. What and, media and I'm editing this podcast. Like, Back to the Christ and culture. This is Gordon. And this is Steve. It is good to see you, Steve. Gosh, Gordon, it is so wonderful. I value you as a friend <laughs> wow. and as a person. Thank so, you. How have you been? I've been really good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's been forever since we've recorded like this. Yeah. Meaning like it's late. This I used know. to be like oh the norm. Gosh. Yeah. Where we'd record at night like yep. when you and Clint could before I was even on and then when I jumped on it would be at night just because... Mm-hmm. It's when schedules work. And now we try to record like during the day on a weekend. <laughs> when we're like actually mentally there. Yeah. So it's a little later, but it's what happens sometimes. Gosh. What what media have <laughs> you been intaking? Have you have you seen Bandersnatch on Netflix? I have I haven't, or I haven't watched, watched it. it, but you know about it. Yeah. So it's the new Black like, Mirror created a movie. It's like interactive. Right. It's yeah. choose your own ending. So just like the Goosebumps books. So me and Lizzie finally watched that recently. Is it good? It wasn't bad. It was, you know, it's, it's a Black Mirror thing. I mm-hmm. definitely like, uh, it's, it's, it is interesting and it's different and it's fun. Depending on the story, you the route you choose, it'll actually be a really, a really short movie. You can, it's more like an hour long episode. Yeah. Or something. I had heard, there's like five hours of stuff. I had heard that like one of them is like, you can be done in like two minutes. Like one of the endings. Like, I know it's choose. that's that quick, but yeah, it's one of the first like three decisions you choose could end it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is interesting, and then you you get a chance to live out all the endings. Like when it ends, if it ends, it's like you want to start over at this checkpoint, or start all the way over, so you can live out all the all the options if you just keep going back. Um, so we did that. We also watched a new movie that came out, I think, this month um, on Netflix called Velvet Buzzsaw. Hmm. It's a yeah. horror movie with the guy from Nightcrawler. I forgot what's his name. Uh, Jake. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Which, have you seen the new Spider-Man trailer? I have, where he's playing... Um, yeah, Mysterio. Mysterio, yeah. Looks good. But, yeah, so watch that. You don't want to be a part of this. So. <laughs> it's a horror movie on, like, art. Like, art, like, has, huh. like, powers to, like, kill you. So, I don't really watch horror movies, but I, I'm kind of obsessed with Jake Gyllenhaal, so... Yeah, he played Donnie Darko. Yeah. Yeah. He did. I was like, I just didn't want to like say that and then be wrong. Yeah. And you make me look like an idiot no. through the power Donnie of Donnie Darko, great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weird movie, but good movie. Yeah. Nightcrawler, excellent movie. He plays in these like weird kind of mm-hmm. like dark films. So I'm usually a sucker when I see him in a movie. Yeah. Um, so we checked it out. It was, it was I okay. feel like Mysterio is like a weird thing compared to some of the other films that he's been well, in. Well, I love the trailer because I know he's supposed to be the villain. But in the trailer, he looks like a superhero. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, is he a superhero that goes or trying to be a superhero and then he, you know, can't. And so he becomes a villain or is like the water monster he fighting a creation of his own. Yeah. And he's making himself look like a superhero, kind of like uh, Incredibles. Yeah. 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 Speaking of which, I had just watched Incredibles 2. Oh, how would you think? liked it that's a great segue because i was about to ask about my media <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's almost like we're professionals um <laughs> at least semi-professionals 
it was good. It was a good movie. Uh, it's interesting because it com- takes place like right after the first one. It does, right? It does, yeah. yeah. Even though it's been it like years and years later. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, that they made it, but it takes place right after. It's a good movie. It was good. That's pretty much the one thing that I've intaken since the last time. Because you've been busy. Yes. Uh, and so I really haven't well, done... For the lack of making that a com- common word to be used. Uh, yes, I know that our listeners are really like, oh, they always say Steve's been busy. It's because I always am. Like, I just am running nonstop. The and I'm actually running the race. Yeah, right. Well, I'm like, I'm fighting a cold right now. Like, I gotta kind of take it real. <laughs> um, but what's been on your mind? Uh, so pretty much everyone has had to hear me talk about Brave New World. Even um, our listeners. Even our listeners since I finished reading the book. Like, literally, I just met a guy for coffee the other day, a friend of mine. He's a PhD candidate at University of St. Thomas for his uh, doctorate in philosophy. Mm-hmm. And we just had a conversation where I told him about it. And like this other friend of mine, Nick, and I like just sat down and we had like dinner and I just did nothing. But anyway, so it's just like a common theme um, where this is the thing. Well, that's great because like that's what we do with this podcast. And it's just like this one has just been so radical, I think, for you. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Plus, I love Brave New World. It's one of my favorite books. Is it really? Yes. Well, there you go. So you I haven't read it in a long time, but luckily yeah. I listened to the last week's podcast and uh, refreshed myself, on, and I loved it better than 1984. Oh, yeah. It's in my top five for the books. It's great. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorites. I just think it, it, it encompasses. Now, I know we talked about that last week. Yo, so why are we, why are we doing it? Are we, I guess... We'll, we're doing this topic again. Yeah, we are going to be. Uh, we're doing it's kind Obra- of like a part we're, two. Yeah, or like a Brave New World Revisited, which was something that Aldous Huxley did. Yeah, you mentioned that in the podcast uh, a little bit, so it's almost like, oh, uh, cool. Oh, and so uh, we're going to revisit the topic. We're going to revisit the topic because the last time we really explained the themes and we're like, these are this the is the major world themes. This is the world Brave that's world. going Yeah, this mm-hmm. is the Brave New World. This is the stuff that's going on, and we like, stuck our toes in the water because it's there's so much (laughs) exactly (laughs) but i felt like we didn't really get to go in depth on those themes i spent a lot of time laying the groundwork Mm. but i didn't get to like dive in as deeply into all of the topics that i wanted to and there were some that we talked touched upon like we really really talked about but for the most part i feel like we recorded arguably one of our longest podcasts ever with the power of editing it might not have ended up being our longest but it was the longest no, i think it, i think it was it was still okay yeah. so even with me editing like 10 minutes well, out wait of it, maybe not our live 52 might have been an hour and 15 minutes okay yeah. but this one was pretty long yeah it was long and uh, i just felt like as long as that podcast was and as good as it was and if you haven't listened to it go back and listen go to back it. and listen to it because you kind of should listen to it to at least get the idea of what we're talking about this time around. Yeah, and for being long, I've, I haven't finished it yet, but I was listening to it today, knowing that we were going to talk about this. I told him I'm like 25 minutes in, and it, I felt like I was listening for like 10 minutes. Like yeah. it was a lot to intake, and it's constantly moving. So it, I was pretty captivated really easily. Yeah. Um, and I would be honest, I know I'm speaking for my own podcast, but some of those don't catch me. Sometimes I'm like listening to ones I'm not on, and 30 minutes have gone by, and I realized I'm not even listening to the podcast. It's yeah. just background music. Right. But this one, I was like listening. I was like, yeah. Well, yeah. probably because I'm biased and I love Brave New World. But. Right. Well, and I think that when you read Brave New World, you th- you just see our culture. You just see what's going on. It's so and true. it's And it's one of those books that 
um, really speaks to us. And I mentioned it last week and I'll mention it again that, you know, one of the things that like 1984 was doing is they're talking about the state, but uh, Brave New World's talking about like the state of a person's soul. Yeah. Right. And this is something that people will choose because one of the main characters, Bernard, you see he recognizes there's something fundamentally flawed with the society. Um, you know, he talks about Lenina and he's like, she, they treat her like a piece of meat. And the worst part is she wants to be treated like a piece of meat. But as soon as he gets any sort of power, like he brings the savage back and people like, he kind of becomes a big deal. He immediately starts treating people like pieces of meat. And he just like, oh, I'm just going to get whatever women I can. And I'm going to start taking the Soma that I normally am ignoring. Right. Right. Cause he's like, oh, Soma just is, is, is useless. So just to clarify, I know we just said like, go back and listen to the podcast, but we are probably going to be mentioning things from last podcast like not really talking about themes so like he just mentioned characters you're like who is that i don't know anything either you're gonna have to read the book yeah or go and listen to last week's last week's podcast because we're kind of just diving deeper he said it was called brave new world revisited Aldous huxley actually came out with a brave new world revisited in his book which is just like an excerpt that came in the end of the book i love it because one i always love when authors are like friends with each other it's kind of like tolkien and c.s lewis Mm -hmm. and stuff and so George Orwell wrote 1984, and which is like a dystopian future. And then this one, too, is like a dystopian future, but on a different take. And Aldous Huxley basically revisited like the books. And he wrote this thing basically saying, like, my world is better. Like, essentially, like, 1984 was good and all, but it's not realistic. Yeah. Like, like technology is gonna maybe go that way but this is going to happen yeah what i wrote is true right and, and the big thing too is um with 1984 yeah the technology might go that way but it's like brave new world regardless of the technology this is a take on humanity and the human soul right how like, we will grow and like, yeah and how sin will just take hold right and what happens when we do that and it's just so interesting to read it in light of like you know f scott fitzgerald right like you read the great gatsby mm-hmm. and you're like oh look at this moral corruption and that's because that's how it was in the 30s or the 20s leading into the 30s right and then the great depression and he's writing it basically being like what happens if this just continues what happens yeah, if we just accept this essentially like like what happens if if f scott fitzgerald no longer realizes what he's doing is wrong and it just becomes the new goal well i think it was just it's like a book on morals mm-hmm. and like what morals what what is like because that you know that's a common debate like what is moral and where do we get morals yeah are we not choosing you know and so it's like morals but then he saw kind of the view of morals in the in the roaring 20s because i think this was written in like the great depression Mm -hmm. it's like 30 yeah so like he saw the morals during the 20s and then he's like but what what changes when technology and science changes Mm -hmm. like does that make it worse and obviously his world's like this is how it could get Right. And, and honestly, like, you know, you read Brave New World and you're kind of like, wow, we're like 90% of the way there, you know? And honestly, I don't know if we'll ever have a perfect Brave New World scenario. And I'll explain. And I mentioned it last week is because robotics is a thing now mm-hmm. um, that you can replace people with machines. Right. Uh, in terms of not like actually replacing people, but like in terms of like productivity, you can. Yeah. Um, and so you don't need the well, epsilons. You can also replace, like, relationships are being replaced with robots now, too. Right. 
Right. Well, and I'm not saying, and I say that not because it's not something that can be done or is being done. I'm saying that because like innately you can't replace like oh yes a human no being right with, with no. a machine like there's something inherently different. Um, though it's actually funny. There's a video game out there uh, called Detroit Human, where you play as like androids that like attain sentience. And it actually ta- it actually yeah. talks about that topic of like are they people too? And, like, do they deserve rights? And, like, are they alive? Right. And it's just really, like, AI gets to that point. And so it's, that's a separate debate and a separate topic. But but I think for the most part we can assume that the assembly line machines that are doing productivity and for more or less replace the factory worker um, are not innately human right. or no. uh, have dignity. But it's so interesting because at the root of Brave New World, at the root of the problem is almost like this commercialization of humanity. Yeah. You know, one of the things with Brave New World that's like really scathing, I think, is their view of capitalism where all of their games are very intricate with easily broken parts because they want people, that fuels the economy forward. And the issue with that isn't capitalism, right? I think we all live in a capitalistic society and we benefit from that. We have laptops because we... Like, capitalism drives that, right? And consumerism drives that to a certain extent. It does. The question I would yeah. want to pose was, do we have to? Does it have right. to? But that's right. another thing. Right. Let's continue with what you were saying. Right. But I'm just saying... Um, no, it's no, it's true. Is that it, is it, there are merits to it. But where it starts to become problematic is when it no longer... So so capitalism is is good because in the way that it helps elevate people... Right, it gives a system where you were rewarded for your merit, mm-hmm. and and is good because it, it basically produces things like mass productions where things are cheaper, and so like, general, you know, people back in the day couldn't afford Model T cars, but now, or they couldn't afford cars until Model T came out, and then everyone could really afford a car, right? And so like, capitalism is good for that, but the where it becomes problematic is when it starts to ignore and actually start trampling on humans, like individuals Mm -hmm. and human rights. Um, And it becomes uh, a system of greed. And it becomes a system where people are no longer people and people are just a resource to be used. Um, And that's where it fundamentally becomes flawed. And you kind of see that. Where do you think we are now? I I think we're coming to that other side. I think we're coming to the brave new world side of it. Um, and I was actually just about to mention when my parents, when I was growing up as a small child, my parents in every, every major company, everyone set aside a budget for their employees to get a Christmas bonus. That was like budgeted, right? They would budget a Christmas bonus for their employees because, you know, yeah, they wanted to meet their bottom line, but they were like, yeah, we want to give back to our employees. They're the ones who are really doing it. And you don't see that anymore. Yeah. My dad's company is one of the few companies that gets bonuses now. And he gets a ham that he can he can have a ham. They send him a ham in the mail for Christmas. And that actually was by mistake. They only did that because they actually meant to send that to the CEOs and the like upper management. And they accidentally sent it to everyone. Oh, man. And, and now it's like a thing. And then like they were like, oh, you weren't supposed to do that. So they were going to take it out of like their next thing. They were going to like reduce their next paycheck by the amount of the ham. And there was this huge like uproar and so they decided fine we'll just give you guys hams but that's like an issue right like there's an issue with 
makes me question like it was an accident yeah and now they're like all right now we just got to buy them ham instead of giving them a bonus right right well but they weren't giving bonuses you know and so and so you see that right and and my, my point with that is when you reduce people to means of production then you are not able like you're just not recognizing their dignity you can't say you care about people and then simultaneously use them as a means Right, you can't love through use, right? Because the opposite of love is not hate; it's use. Yeah. No, I mean the it it is it is hard because like we talk about this, my rebellious like I guess for the sake of our marketing, <laughs> my rebellious like hipster tendency is to be like screw capitalism, screw the man. But it, I also went to school for business, yeah, and so like I know like. If I was a CEO or if I was someone like a big Fortune 500 company, you know, I want to love people. And like everything I do is for my employees and for the people I'm producing this product for. But also in the end, there's like ROI. I have to look over like return on my investments and like numbers. And like I do have to meet certain criteria and goals. And like, what do I sacrifice in order to do that? And so I, I know it is like a difficult decision, especially the the more other companies around me choose less moral routes and they start winning and i have i'm choosing to stay moral or just, or, or, or focus yeah. more on my employees and then i'm losing what do i do but we were talking about beatitudes today and like we have the f- means to end world hunger with the food we produce just in the united states mm-hmm. but we don't if everyone owned one pair of shoes Rather than multiple pair of shoes, mm-hmm. we could, the whole world could have shoes. Could have shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so it's, it's partial capitalism, but also it's consumerism, yeah. consumerism too. Right. Well, and that, and that's what I'm talking about really with that consumeristic mindset. And I think like that's going to really get into it because that's ultimately the purpose of Brave New World, right? Uh, that's like what you do, right? You, so like instead of the, uh, Benedictine, motto of like work and pray mm-hmm. you like work and consume like that's what you do in brave new world uh but i want i want to go what you were saying one of the things that you know when you talk about like being the hipster branding uh that i think is interesting is actually ethical companies uh our generation like cares more about that now yeah that like it's actually a talking point a selling point if you're like oh actually we pay our people livable wages and like we care about our employees and like we're doing something ethical and and, and our generation really will be like, if I have a choice between something for $5 and something for $6 and that $6 product is, you know, building schools in Africa, I'm going to buy the $6 product. Right. Um, and I, you know, I have a lot of hot takes because I sometimes think that like the social justice warrior really isn't doing anything <laughs> um, actually productive uh, because, you know, taking to social media and like actually attacking people. Um, does nothing to build the kingdom. Right. Um, what builds the kingdom is actually going out there and loving somebody even when it's difficult. And even if they have a different view from you. But that's actually one positive benefit of that mindset or like that kind of movement is, you know, Tom's shoes where you buy a pair of shoes and they donate a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. Things like that. Yeah. But that whole mindset, that whole idea, and I, and I would posit this, the reason we're like that, not... 
Um, and I think that, yeah, you can make the, you know, people make the claim that it's an inherent problem with capitalism. I would disagree with that, actually. Yeah. I would say that um, capitalism is a good thing when you have moral people, right? Well, it does help yeah, it actually a nation. Helps. Yeah, it helps like a nation. Money it helps people, and, right. all, and like currency and all this stuff. Right. But, but that's also got to like, have the same vision. Right. And that's also why like tithing used to be a thing that they talked about a lot was like giving your money to the poor and like actually helping out where like if you have money, you can give money to those right. that don't have it. And God can actually like, this is something that, you know, I work, you know, in fundraising, um, but it's something we talk about. Like I don't make a ton of money, but I give a lot in charity um, because ultimately like I recognize it's not my money. Right. You know, it's God's money. But what I will say is the reason that we see the problems with um, corporatism that we see today, I would say isn't like an innate problem with the idea. I would say it's a problem with the human heart. And I'll explain. The issue that's going on there, where you're using people as a means to an end, is an issue deeply rooted in the heart of America, in the heart of people Yeah. Um, today, in the heart of modernity, where... You know, when you see New York, you see Virginia, they're talking about viability. And viability is really just another way of saying that I deem your life less worth living because you will be less productive. You will be able to give less. I feel like your life isn't worth living because you're going to have some sort of disability. Or maybe you won't have a full life, right? Maybe you'll die young. Well, dying young... So say, oh, you'll be born and maybe you'll die within a few days. Well, at least you have those few days, right? Well, it's the natural birth, the mm -hmm. natural death. Natural birth, natural death, which is completely separate. You know, it's basically the idea of being like, hey, uh, Gordon, look, I get you're healthy. You're going to die one day, so I'm just going to shoot you now to just prevent you. Yeah, you might have 30 years, but phew, it's just better if I kill you now. And there's like something fundamental. And we wouldn't say that because you're a young man who could produce and potentially right. give a lot to society. Um, and so we make judgment calls. And we make those judgment calls all the time on whether or not we think someone else's life is worth doing. And when we talk, you know, when we read scripture and it says like, judge not, lest ye be judged yourself, I don't think it's talking about like looking at someone's sin. And obviously I know this isn't what it is because admonishing a sinner is a spiritual work of mercy but it's not looking at someone who's in sin and lovingly being like hey what you're doing isn't good for you that's not the judgment it's talking about it's that judgment that it's the other judgment that i've just mentioned where it's like i judge that you are worth less than me for whatever reason or you're worth like people um and that's like that line that Mustafa Mond mentions, right? You know, as if humanity or man were anything different, anything other than um, physio physiochemically equal. And I just kind of want to break that down. Because I think that is the core mm -hmm. of Brave New World. I think it's the core of the issues that we're having today. So, Humanity Vitae. Church document came out with, what was it, Pope? I think it was like Pope Pius? Question mark? Pope Paul the Sixth, right? The V is a five. So yes. Pope Paul the Sixth <laughs> came out with Humanity Vitae. And Humanity Vitae came out when contraceptives were like widely accepted. And he was like, look, more or less, if you accept contraceptives, 
you're going to have the breakdown of the family, breakdown of like the father in the family, um, abortion, you're going to have euthanasia, you're going to have rampant like breakdown of sexual ethics. And why is that? Well, because when you look at contraceptives, what they are at their core, one, it's this idea of sex without consequences, right? And not just sex, but that my actions, my sin, I don't want consequences for those. I want to shake the consequences, right? So it becomes this mindset where, which you see from the very beginning of time, that sin, I'm just going to kind of bury it. I'm going to pretend it's not sinful, right? But two, it is fundamentally when you remove any sort of like responsibility from that act and when that's your goal then you are cheapening yourself and you're cheapening somebody else and then sex is no longer this unitive procreative act it is at best a mutual utilization of each other there is no gift there is no love that can be shared because you've already cast away the love by being like, you are not worthy of me potentially starting a family with you or me actually giving you my everything. I'm going to withhold something from you and I'm actually going to withhold everything from you. And this only becomes an act of pleasure of me taking my pleasure from you and using you to please me, which is a foundation leads to abortion, mm-hmm. leads to euthanasia, because you've already accepted that people are a means to an end instead of an end to themselves. And so then it's, what do you give me? And then the argument of, well, this child will ruin my life, or I won't be able to do the things I want, or whatever, so we can abort them. Or, oh, you're old and you have cancer and you want to die. Well, you're not going to be able to give much to society. And that all grows from that. And it grows into that issue that we see with the, the uh, consumerism within Brave New World, right? Where everything, even the people, even the sex, everything about that society is to keep the society moving forward and keeping the economy moving forward. And at some point you have to step in and realize that something fundamental is missing here. Which is, I think, kind of what we touched on last week, but this is, I think, really going much more in depth to the philosophy at the core of it. Yeah, with going, like, a little off topic with yeah. the, you know, the theme of sexual desire. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just reminds me of, like, in confirmation class lately, we've been, I just had to scrap material because I just don't even care yeah. about listening to me and just be like, what questions do you have? And one of the questions I brought up was, you know, is, this, is, is it a sin to smoke marijuana? Mm-hmm. So we talked about that for a while. And I did a lot of research and something I like found yesterday or today was, you know, just there's this new culture, especially in teenagers, of what's called like escapism. And, you know, I think, you know, that might be like a label for like your foundation where whether it's alcohol, mm-hmm. whether it's drugs, whether it's even abortion, it's this ideal of escaping what you were like saying reality escaping consequences well i think this i think that it's part of it 
I think that if you accept that that foundation, yeah, where it's just about how much you can produce or like w- what your worth is to society, yeah, um, heavy air quotes on worth. Uh, the our, our viewers can see it. Our listeners do not see me moving my hands in the air, um, flailing about like a fish <laughs> out of water, which is how I often record. But if you're going to accept that, yeah, there's something fundamentally devoid of meaning. Okay. In that society. So then. So then escapism becomes our soma. Our, at our core, that's what soma was for. You do all these things. You get addicted to pornography. You have sex with whoever you want. You play these games that are completely meaningless, but have really intricate parts and rules. And then if you feel sad anyway, take soma because you shouldn't be sad. I see. Because you yeah. have everything you're totally. supposed to want. Right. And so then escapism, like Soma, what Soma is and what escapism is, is when deep down you realize none of that is actually fulfilling you and you're a hellhole. Right. There's no value Bernard. in it anyways. Right. Yeah. And you look and you're like, gosh, there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but it's missing. Society says, take your Soma and shut up. Yeah. Because this isn't this isn't going to fuel the stability of our society. Yeah. It's going to tear it to its foundations because it's going to recognize there's something missing. Okay. So just let's to toy with this for a a little bit. Where is the, who's creating the foundation? Yeah. In, 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 in current society. If you know, if you know what I mean, because obviously in scripture, Mm -hmm. there's actually a story about foundation. Yeah. And we know what foundation should be. So what's who? Where's the false foundation being created? Is it ourselves? Yeah, I think is part it? of it's in us. I think it's just a lot of it is um, the culture that's been accepted. I think that from the '60s, I mean, we're still living. I hate to say it, but like realistically, we are living in the effects of the free love movement of the '60s, even today. That our hook, like the hookup culture that we have now, is trying to live in the same shadow. Yeah, I think contraceptives. I think I don't know what I would say. I say ultimately it'd be it'd be Satan, right? I think that's the ultimate answer. Yeah, but I think just as a as a culture, and this is the thing that I think is is, is fundamental with Aldous Huxley. Um, yeah, in in Brave New World, it's like the world controller and the governments, but you hear how they did all these different experiments and it didn't work. Um, having a society full of alphas with nothing else. But I think we accept it ourselves. I think we accept the culture and we just hear it constantly. We just hear this this is how it should be. I remember when I was in youth ministry, I would hear my teens, uh, and specifically when I was in Pittsburgh, and they would just keep doing the same things and they would be trying to live this like hookup culture and they would like be like, I all alone and nobody loves me and like I can't find love and I'm like well yeah have you thought about not doing what you're doing and they would get mad at me as if like they're like well this is what everyone else is doing this is like what my cousin's doing or whatever and I'd be like well them spitting in one specific example and I was like well is your cousin happy and the answer is no because I know your cousin and I know that they complain about the same things you do so if you're complaining about the same things they're complaining about and they're complaining about the same things that their idols are complaining about then nobody's actually finding what they're looking for because you're all looking in the same place and it's the wrong place. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this story on the podcast before, but it's in spiritual direction. It's, I was actually complaining about like prayer, like my mm-hmm. prayer life was being shot and it was like 
was like, I'm trying this, I'm trying this. And you told me this story of like these two mice. They were in like a maze, like they're a lab race. And they found the cheese. And so the cheese was there. And they kept going back to each day and like nibbling on it. And eventually they showed up and the cheese was gone. And the cheese was gone because they'd eaten it all. But when they got there, they're like, who took our cheese? And so one of the mice kept coming back waiting for the cheese to be replaced where the other mice did that for a few days and then finally it's like I need to start looking at another spot but that's like with them like if, mm-hmm. if they were thinking like the cheese was taken but it's really like you found all you can find in that spot and it's gone now you need to go look somewhere else you need to change your habits mm-hmm. and change your ways or else you're not going to be fulfilled right uh, yeah and and ultimately, that's just... So, no, it's okay. Yes. I agree. I think ultimately the answer is, like, Satan is pushing these... Mm-hmm. To the culture, he could be pushing media, mm-hmm. and he can even pushing the thoughts that allow us to accept it, like the pressures and all yeah. these things. What do we do? Right. In such a brave new world. Yeah. Uh, I think, honestly, <laughs> it, it's so tough. The issue that you have with Brave New World is they'll just ship you to an island. But what's funny is they ship you an island. But like there, it entails that there are people who think like you do. Um, the most compelling character of the book is the savage. Mm-hmm. Savage. Quote, quote, yeah, quote, unquote, savage. Uh, the guy who actually understands the alien, the height of human experience um, that isn't dulled by our own passions. It's funny because like we, we as Christians, you know, becoming more counterculture, mm-hmm. cultural, are like are becoming savages. Yeah. Uh, Chris was just talking about this too where he showed because this actually this Sunday's reading Mm -hmm. is going to be blessed are the poor in spirit Mm -hmm. for woe to the rich like already have have their fill and like it was interesting when you're talking about your friend who was like uh, you know just indulging in different sexual desires and then it's like I'm not happy and we think about like celebrities who just like have all this fame and this money Mm -hmm. and they're just not happy and it's like blessed are the people that are sad blessed are the people that are poor and like because ultimately one day none of this is going to matter all this stuff and these things that we've built up in the end isn't it yeah it's it's our relationships and the love that we've received and given and ultimately our path to hopefully Mm -hmm. leading us to christ and and heaven The, the issue that you end up having and here's here's i think the answer we have to evangelize. We have to have mm-hmm. we have to have evangelist hearts. Um, the savage had issues with the society, but he wasn't able to evangelize them because they couldn't understand his language. Our society is not so so far gone that we don't know what love is, or at least we understand what love should be. We just look for it in the wrong places, right? We're not brainwashed to right. never believe in love, like in Brave New World. So, what do we do before we get to that point? we have to start reminding people of what, what the heights are, right? Because that's the thing, and this is what I kind of mentioned at the end of the podcast, the thing that's really missing from the book, the thing that Bernard wants, the thing that Helmholtz wishes he could find, even Mustafa Mond and um, the savage John are, are thinking about, that they just need to be able to grasp his love. And I think the reason that the end of that book doesn't really just come to that point is because I think Aldous Huxley struggled with, with it himself. Yeah. And so it was hard. You know, if it was written by someone who really knew, he'd be like, this is what this society is missing. This is what the culture is missing. You know, 
you talk about uh, St. Paul. Yeah. St. Paul fundamentally changed. Mm-hmm. He went from killing Christians to being willing to die as a martyr as a Christian. Yeah. What changed? Well, he encountered Christ. Okay. What does that mean? He encountered love and love itself in such a profound way that it had changed him. What changes the human heart? What shifts us from looking and striving for, you know, to quote Christopher West, a junk food, fast food diet? Well, the freaking wedding feast. Right. Right. When we are stuck over here and we're like, why can't I find the sustenance I desire? When we actually encounter the sustenance we desire, then it makes sense. That is ever flowing, then it makes sense. And we can't help but share that. Right. And that's what's missing. I think that's what we need to do is, is I think we as Christians, we as, as people who live in Christ's love, we need to do a better job at sowing that love into the world. Well, two things came to mind. Uh, one, you're talking about how the savage can't speak or couldn't didn't speak the same language. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there is something to that when, we're, when we do talk about evangelization or we do talk yeah. about sharing God's love is that we don't need to speak the same language. Like, yeah. like it's not through words. I know there's this like quote that's not really a quote. Preach the gospel always. Preach the gospel always. Yeah. Unnecessary yeah, yeah, words, yeah. which I think like Francis Assisi is always quoted that, but it's he, not him. he didn't yeah. say it. It's not it's just something made up. It's a and good it's, quote. It's not bad. Um, it's not necessarily true. Um, people do need to also preach the gospel yeah. with well, words. I just always think that I always think it's funny that they give that to St. Francis of Assisi, who's literally known for preaching the word with words to like oh. trees and birds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like dude talked a lot. But um, if there's like a language barrier or anything like that, like we can still preach this love through. Well, let me let me tell you this. Or let me let me go something else. Okay. And and I think this is this is fundamental to Brave New World too. The language of love doesn't have to be expressed in words. When I was in India, I didn't speak their language, but I loved them in service and I had more authentic communication and more authentic interaction with them. But they also spoke a language of love. Mm -hmm. When you have a breakdown of the family, when you have no families, when families are the crucible in which we learn love, right? And it is burned into our very soul. When you don't have families, then you have a much more difficult time understanding love yeah um it's why a lot of people who go through foster care become so jaded because they they feel like they're not wanted they're not loved and so like they don't know love as much right not saying they can't learn it not saying they don't know it because i think they'd recognize it but it becomes a lot easier to fall into those issues and so when you look at it like yes maybe you don't actually speak the language of love like verbally, but we speak it through our actions. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I, I thought of was the reading where the disciples get sent out the first time. Because mm-hmm. obviously that's like evangelization. And, and God says, or Jesus says, you know, go, like, don't take this. Don't take, just take the clothes on your back. Stay where you're going to stay. Speak to the people. And if they don't want to listen or they reject you, move on. Yeah. And so there's this idea, like, I think another ending to, like, we're talking about, like, how the, end, the book could have ended. Another ending could have been, like, okay, the savage one can't speak their language, but 
but still could have expressed love and probably would have been rejected. Yeah. So he could have gone and tried to found this island of people mm-hmm. and like evangelize to them and built, built a community and then yeah. come back. and Of people been... who knew there was something wrong or missing. Right. And he could have tried to teach it to them. And then he would have had this community. They would have been stronger together. And then they could have come back and tried to, as a group, change things. Change things. Yeah. And I think that's probably what would have been the better thing. Was this idea of like understanding like if someone rejects what you're trying to express or share in action or in mm-hmm. words, you still got to love them. Right. But move on. That right. just means their heart is not going to be softened yet. Maybe it's not you. Yeah. Maybe it's just the time. But Well, and, and here's the thing. The, the love in Brave New World has been so cheapened. Because if you want to know what dolls love, I mean, in our, our current society, what dolls love to a pale shadow of what it truly is, is pornography. I mean, it just removes the passion and sensation from it. Mm -hmm. And it becomes, you know, the beauty of love is that it's not for you. It's for the other. And like the, the part about it that's so beautiful is to pour out into another person. And to like have that person love you in return and that vulnerability there's something that's just a higher human virtue to step forward and like open yourself up totally and fully in vulnerability Mm -hmm. and like be loved in that like with your flaws and everything when you talk about pornography none of that is the case it's just becomes navel gazing and it's just a self-love and it's just empty and meaningless and that's the world of brave new world it's a society where they're addicted to pornography from a very young age and it just dulls them for the rest of their life and they're encouraged and like the feelies you know that's what they do they just go to the feelies they everyone belongs to everyone they just look what they see on the feelies and they do it in real life and if you were to like say oh i don't want this to happen well you get sent to an island yeah. There's a part in the book that I think is so tragic. I forget who's talking to who, but they're talking about like, you know, everyone belongs to everyone. I think it's Lenina is talking to her one friend whose name I can't I'm blanking on right now. But basically they're talking about the savage and how Lenina's into her. And they're like, Everyone belongs to everyone. She's like, Yeah, but I don't think he but he doesn't want me and then she's like, Then take it. Right. And like, it's literally talking about rape. Yeah. But like that's the next step. Well, if this is accepted, well, then just, and it's like, it's an obligation. Like you're obligated to let me use you. Well, then, oh my gosh, you just fall into this horrible society where that's okay. And that grows from that mindset of, I have a fundamental right to be able to use somebody for my pleasure. So I want to kind of go tangentially. Virtue gets talked about a lot in the book. And there's a line that I mentioned where it's like all of the virtue of Christianity without any of like the struggle. And it's it's so funny because that's what virtue is. Virtue is not this, is not vice that's easy. Like the reason virtues are virtues is because it requires us to form those habits and to like fight against something. Mm-hmm. Like to fight against evil is virtue. Mm-hmm. And like courage and that's the funniest thing that I think that Mustafa Mann talks about when he talks about instability. And he's like, you don't need courage because everything's stable. 
I think that the problem with Brave New World is that there's a fundamental lack of courage to stand up against something that's wrong. Yeah. There's a fundamental lack of courage to stand up against yourself and say, this is wrong and I need to struggle with myself and my own sin. Well, yeah, and it's interesting too to think that courage isn't like necessarily not being scared. Mm-hmm. Like we think of the cowardly lion who got got the award of courage. Like he wasn't never not afraid the entire yeah trip to Oz, but it's more of like knowing he had to do it anyways. So maybe it's like you said, like knowing something's not right. Like those people that knew something was off in Brave New World, but ended up taking the Soma Mm. rather than like having this courage of like looking into that or digging deeper into like their doubts and like, wait, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Or how about this? Linda. Do you remember Linda in the book? It's the savage's mother. Okay. And she basically takes Soma, which until she dies, like it's the idea of now when we talk about like, um, not always because palliative care is a good thing but like sometimes when people talk about palliative care and that just means like pumping you full of morphine and that's like where it's no longer good because you're actually intentionally causing death faster but it's the same idea right they just doped her until she died um and why well she wanted it okay but that's not a really good reason right um why really because she was fat and she was ugly and she was old that's why because she didn't fit into society yeah you know there's the point in the book where she was probably still 30 years younger 30 40 years younger than that 80 year old in the savage reserve but they found meaning in him in the savage reserve but you get to that old and you don't look young like the rest of the people because you haven't been pumping yourself full of the chemicals you don't have worth because you're not beautiful what do you have you know, that's something that's that you see is like they care so much about their appearance because they put their worth in how they look. And that's tragic. And it's tragic because I see young women today and even young men today struggling with that same self-image as if the way they look has anything to do with how much worth and dignity they have. It's true. All right. Is there any final thoughts that you have? Not really. Um, uh, do you feel like you've you've touched i feel like i've done a much better job of of digging deeper the way i want to um i hope you like it is an interesting podcast we really like we talked about brave new world but it was really just like strict themes yeah which i thought was really interesting because i think it provoked a lot of discussion Mm -hmm. um so if you have any questions you thought it was weird like we said in the beginning go listen to the other podcast yeah i think it'll fill in a lot of gaps yeah and um i know it's two long episodes together but this is a really important theme, and we haven't even touched on everything. There's still a lot more going on um, in the book. You could talk about like propaganda and brainwashing and like media. You know, you could talk about all those sorts of things. But I think the ones that are very, very, very relevant are the ones that deal with our human soul, right? I can't. Yeah, maybe there's a big propaganda machine in the media. Probably, I can't really do anything about that. I can just not watch it. Right, because like I don't need to, mm-hmm. but I can change the way I treat others, and I can change the way that I love others, and I certainly can walk into a world that preaches, um, you know, love. 
um, but doesn't know it and actually live authentic love and show them what real love looks like and fundamentally change lives and hearts. And I think the greatest tragedy in our lives is if we come face to face with the judge and we can't tell him that we loved with everything we had. And so if I have any goal, that's what mine is. Um, And so for my challenge, I would hope that's some, at least on some level, our listeners goals that some point within the next week um, and hopefully carried on to the rest of your weeks I want you to find a moment where because I, I promise you if you pray for it God will give it to you or you can really in a difficult moment even if it's difficult and it's putting yourself out there sow a little bit more love in the world and I, I keep using the the imagery of sowing it because like when we sow love, then it grows. Um, we sow love and we sow that faith, right? It's the same idea, and I'm trying to use that same imagery of the harvest, right? That I think that the world is ripe for that harvest. Mm. The world is ripe. It has a fertile ground for us to be able to sow that love and then be able to reap that faith from it. Um, and so that's my that's my my challenge is to really... Do something different, like really step outside of yourselves this week, this month, this year, and love those that that may not actually know it. And actually love those that are really difficult to love. Yeah. Because those people who are difficult to love, it, you're not the only one who feels that way. And then they're just going through their lives unloved. No, it's true. And it, that's a tragedy. You need to change the culture for sure. So. Um, my challenge for you guys would be to find Steve Sherman in Houston <laughs> and ask him about brave new world. Yeah. Um, you just hear me talk about it for an hour. I just know he feels like it's just like a sneeze that didn't come out mm-hmm. and he just needs to give it, get it out. Yeah. I've, I've been talking to everyone about this and I feel so bad for everyone, but you know what? It's like a different person. Like I'm not just beating yeah, no, the same so person. It's so good. And I think that was way. another good thing about this episode is that like, it wasn't you and Clint again, mm-hmm. but it was like another perspective into yeah and someone who actually read it yeah that's true that's good all right guys thank you again um contact us on everything the easiest thing check us out on our new website which um i've been tweaking and it's finally completely finished it's beautiful uh the and then the other big thing is like we said about people watching us is we have a patreon where if you like what we do and you want us to do it better we're trying to do videos. We're trying to do blogs. All these other things. We're getting like special guests, big ones. Uh, we need your support in that. So like for $5 a month, uh, you'll get more blogs. You'll get um, different videos that, that you can't get for uh, otherwise. Uh, for $10 a month, you'll get a sticker um, that you can like put on your Nalgene or Yeti or Arctic and all these other water bottles. And you'd be like, this is a dope podcast that you should check out for $25 a month. You get these videos of us before and after. Uh, you, I think, for ten dollars a month, you'll get a phone call from us. Mm-hmm. Twenty-five dollars a month, uh, you'll get to like, like help brainstorm about like what our podcast can do next. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the highest tier is, but one of them will you'll be on the show. Whatever where you are, we'll come to you, yeah. even if we have to fly that way. Um, for what you're donating a month, like we can do that, and we will come, and you will be on the show in person with us. So. Check those stuff out. You can go to our website and click support. You can just go to Patreon, Christ and Culture. But let us know what you hate, what you love, uh, what episodes are too intense or not not enough. Give us ideas and feedback. Uh, But 
like always thanks for joining us on the adventure thanks Ken y'all